When it comes to commercial snow removal, look to Tovar Snow Professionals. With the largest snow and ice management fleet in the Midwest, Tovar delivers top-notch commercial sidewalk and parking lot clearing services, even in winter's worst weather conditions. With their 24-hour live office staff, certified meteorologist, and personal service, they are leaders in professional snow removal. To get a free estimate for snow removal on your site, go to baseball.tovarsnow.com or call 844-GO-TOVAR. That number again is 844-GO-TOVAR. Tovar Snow Professionals, Chicago's snowplowing leader. Tovar is an equal opportunity employer. In May of 2006, I was in Big Sandy, Tennessee, taking care of my grandfather, who was diagnosed with lung cancer five to six months before. This was the end of his life. I was actually there the night he passed away. One of the last things my grandpa said to me was, Stu, I don't know why you follow those Cubs, man. They're terrible, and they're never going to win anything. Thank God my grandpa was wrong. This was a sad day for my family, but it, at the time, we had his funeral, and it just so happened to be the Wild Bunch was in St. Louis. Now, most people probably wouldn't want to go, but back then, the Wild Bunch was a family to me, my brother, Eric, and my mom. So we decided to hop in our car and join the Wild Bunch for the weekend after such a devastating event happened to us because my grandpa was like my father. He was the greatest guy ever. But we wanted to spend right afterwards with the Wild Bunch. Selfishly, the reason why I do this podcast is because of episodes like this. This one means a lot to me. This is something I've been thinking about doing for a long time. Uh, we, I want to play this clip right now. It was, from, it was from, I believe, September of 1984. There was a show called Eye of Chicago, and they are doing a feature on Gladys Nunley. The feature from Gladys Nunley goes right into the Wild Bunch, and uh, we're going to play it for you right here. You know, there's been so much said about the Cubs this year. What else can we say? They've been winning like crazy, and because of that, attendance records have reached an all-time high. But as we all know, the Cubs have experienced some real lean years when they couldn't seem to buy a game. And that, my friends, is when the real fans have stuck by them. One such fan happens to be Gladys Nunley, who has stuck with him since 1927. Oh, that was terrible. I've got three driving passions in my life. One of them is my job, which I love. One of them is uh, connection with an adult education program at the University of Chicago. And the third is the Cubs. Now, my boss always insisted I name them in the reverse order. But in reality, the Cubs come first. You want to spend your money where you're having the most fun. And I have the most fun watching baseball. Gladys Nunley loves baseball so much, she even sleeps under one every night. Her studio apartment, just minutes away from, guess where? Wrigley Field is chock full of baseball mementos that span seven decades. I went to my first game in Wrigley Field in 1927. Been a Cub fan ever since. I was the only son my father ever had, so he made a baseball fan out of me. And what a fan. Gladys has faithfully followed the Cubs for 58 years. She works diligently as an accountant, but hasn't let that stand in the way of her devoted fanaticism. I've seen the Cubs play in every National League park that exists and a few that no longer exist. How do you like my hat? Yeah. I bought it in New York. Next to Gladys' one share of stock in the pre-Tribune-owned Cubs is her official die-hard fan club certificate. But even those don't tell the whole story of what a fan she is. 
Now, if you were to see Gladys at her season box seat down the first baseline, oh, by the way, she likes it there because she gets more sun, you might get an inkling that Gladys is a dedicated devotee of Cubdom just by her outfit. But in reality, you can tell how serious she is about the Cubs by this one button. Gladys is one of the Wild Bunch. The Wild Bunch is a group of people who met each other at baseball games, at the Cub games, who meet after the game, have a good time. Uh, they're really an organization. How does one get into the Wild Bunch? Is there a secret rite of passage? Uh, meet a member of the Wild Bunch, show that you're really interested in the Cubs, that you love them win or lose, and that uh, you're nice people, and we like you, and we vote you into membership. Since Gladys was one of the original members, she didn't have to be voted in. Neither did her close friend Proby, short for Providencia. Proby has the distinction of having owned the bar where the club was born. One day when the Cubs had lost, we were all sitting around feeling sorry for ourselves. I think they blew it in the late innings or something about five, six years ago. And some out-of-towner walked in and looked at all of us sitting down there and says, boy, isn't this a wild bunch? Wayne Hall is also a Wild Bunch charter member, and his status is underscored by the fact that he is the unofficial head of the group. You gotta put it in a pipe, turkey! As the chief, he writes a newsletter which goes out to its 250 members, including Governor Thompson, Presidential Press Secretary Jim Brady, and Cubs General Manager Dallas Green. He and his wife's actions definitely qualify them to be in the Wild Bunch. We're the only people ever authorized to use the Cubs logo without paying a royalty as such. We cannot sell it. We can't market it. Uh, to get a button, you're a friend. I live in Dallas, Texas. I came in this weekend to see the Cubs play because I've been a Cub fan for 15 years. And the Wild Bunch is great. We've been here all these times when they had 3,000 people and 2,000 people. And this is the cream. I get the chills every time they win. Sometimes I cry. emotional year for everyone who has dreamed of a championship team at Wrigley Field, but even when Gladys's dream comes true, it's a sad day when it's all over. The last game of the year, you say goodbye to it. It's not going to happen again for six months. Even this year, after we win the World Series, that last day is going to be a sad day. The year I retire, I want to see 162 plus live Cub baseball games. I will spend the next year and probably the rest of my life in my rocking chair in the poorhouse watching them on TV. But that is my dream. This episode of the Club 400 podcast is dedicated to all the founding members of the Wild Bunch that are no longer with us. Specifically, I'd like to point out some members. Jan Hall, Glad Gladys Nunley, and Otto and Elaine Waggy. Now, before we go in this next clip, uh, 
Otto was, was a very special guy to me. Uh, he was uh, the president for most of the time I was part of the Wild Bunch, and he's the type of person who, when you walked into the room, you couldn't help but want, wanting to be Otto's friend and wanting to listen to him. But on many a road trips, uh, late at night after a Cubs victory, hopefully, you know, we'd be having beers, and Otto would get everybody's attention, and he would recite this speech. Otto, we miss you very much. I love you to death. I'm happy to bring your name to light at the Club 400 podcast. This one's for you, buddy. For the past two weeks, you've been reading about a bad brag. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. That I might have been given a bad break, but I've got an awful lot to live for. Thank you. We're Cubs fans helping Cubs fans at Stewart's Cubs Cave Parties. Everybody's in for giving back to those in Club 400 Podcast is on the air. Oh, I hope you enjoyed last week's best of so far. Uh, I hope you got it. If you're listening for the first time after that episode, well, we got a great episode for you. Something actually that means the world to me to bring this gentleman on tonight. And let me go back a little bit as far as my history. First of all, let's introduce to you John, the super producer. Johnny. Hola. How are we doing, everybody? And William, the main man over there. Good to be here. Always good to be here. It's another awesome episode, part of my youth, part of my history. We're going to talk about it tonight. But as you guys know, there's many, many pages on Facebook, whatever social media platform is your choice. There's different types of groups. Well, before social media, there were groups that existed as well, just the old-fashioned kind where you had to send a letter in the mail or uh, word of mouth. And we have one of the most famous classic club groups the president of this Cubs group of all time. These guys were the originators. We're talking about a unofficial Cubs fan club. That was these guys. And uh, my youth was spent a lot of road trips with these guys. And I told you when we do the Club 400 road trip, I, uh, you know, I look at when we used to go with the Wild Bunch, Wayne and Otto and just the wonderful people that I met. William, you probably never believe this, but my mom... Wayne, you might, I haven't introduced Wayne yet, but well, let's bring him on. Wayne Hall, welcome to Club 400 Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So I got to tell you where I was going with this was my mom blames the Wild Bunch for me, you know, like, like liking to drink, you know. <laughs> She's like, because she used to bring us to the Wild Bunch crowd and everybody was partying and me and Eric were under, uh, you know, 21 age. at the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Uh, oh, that would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. Wayne, thanks for coming on tonight. We want to, uh, to, well, let's talk about you first, how you became a Cubs fan, and, uh, and then we'll get into the Wild Bunch. Okay, that sounds good. I uh, moved to Chicago in 1966, and I located on the north side of Northbrook, and I worked at a plant about two miles from Wrigley Field. 
Consequently, I got involved with being a Cubs fan. I had always liked baseball, but never really got into the uh, let's go to the ball game tonight situation. It was sit at home, watch television, watch the game, have a couple beers. And in the mid-70s, I married a young lady who happened to be a Cub fan and grew up right on Kenmore Avenue, right down center field. And she had always talked to me, well, why don't we go to a ball game sometime? And uh, nah, nah. And in 1978, I was at work and she called me. This was on a Friday. And she says, uh, can you get the afternoon off? And I says, sure can. What do we got? She says, customer left me two tickets for the ball game as a tip. I says, okay, let's go to the ball game then. Well, here's here, here's the story. We went to the ball game that Friday. The tip tickets were a Cubs on deck circle front row. Saturday morning at nine o'clock, I'm at Wrigley Field buying weekend seats for the rest of the season, and this was in May. It took one game, one game, and that was it. I was locked. That's one hell of a tip. Yeah, <laughs> it was a tip. Well, back then the tickets were about five bucks. You know, right, right. Well, well, that, uh, well, that tip changed tickets your... for tickets for eight eight eighty eight. Uh, my seats lower box were ten fifty. Wow, you know, so I I don't even <laughs> want to, I don't even want to tell you what I paid for that game. We decided to go I... the day before, and it was a lot lot number was a lot north of that. <laughs> well, I had worked for the uh, Let There Be Lights committee that wanted lights at Wrigley Field, and uh, consequently. Uh, when everything materialized, uh, the Cubs awarded those of us that had worked for Let There Be Lights two tickets each to the first night game. Well, I already had my own tickets because uh, I had lower box seats, which I still have. And uh, uh, I get to Bernie's and I walk in and I think you both knew Donnie Dillman before he passed away. Right. He was the, uh, he was the yeah. owner over there at he Bernie's? He was, he was a proprietor of Bernie's, right? So I walk in, and here's Donnie, and he says, Wayne, where can I get two seats for tonight? I says, two seats? I says, that's impossible. And I had these two extra tickets. I figured I was going to make a killing on. So uh, Don says, my brother came in from Florida, and I got to get him seats. So I just said, oh, boy, here we go. And I pulled out the tickets, and I gave them to him. That's what friends are about, right. you know. Oh, that's classic. So, uh, so uh, he had he was able to take his brother to that first night game, which never was really a night game because it, it was rained out. <laughs> and uh, the next day, uh, I had my regular seats for that, so I got to see both the partial and the full first night game. But anyway, back to uh, back to my wife. Uh, uh, she introduced me to Cubs baseball, and the rest of it basically from there is history. We started going to uh, weekend games, uh, Plan B at that time, and uh, I would meet with other friends at the old Wrigleyville Tap, which was up the street from uh, Wrigley Field. Which is now the Full Shilling, one of my favorite places. I believe it is. I'm not sure what it is anyway, but at that time it was Wrigleyville. And we would meet there before and after the games on weekends. And uh, it was in, uh, oh, September, October, late late in the season. Uh, the Cubs blew an early lead. It was a dismal out, and we're sitting there in our little alcove, 
where we always gathered. They kind of kept the alcove reserved for us. That's what made it nice. And uh, in comes uh, Mike Sanchez, and he looked over at the corner, and he said, boy, he says, this looks like a wild bunch. There you go. <laughs> That's what started it, and it became the wild bunch corner and the wild bunch. A uh, year or two later, Wrigleyville was sold, uh, and the new proprietors were not interested in uh, keeping keeping us in our little corner there, so they wouldn't reserve it for us. So uh, we simply went down to Bernie's and told Donnie all we wanted was a reserve table. He says, you got it. And Bernie's became the home of the Wild Bunch. See, I didn't know, I didn't know that. Yeah. Pardon? I didn't even know that, to be honest with you. I didn't know that was the home of the Wild Bunch. But it makes sense. Yep, yeah. that's how that's how it happened. Then uh, the rest basically is history. Uh, in uh, 1986, we had over 700 members in the club. Wow. I don't think it's I don't think it's that big anymore. I don't maintain that much contact. Uh, but uh, it was the largest independent fan club in Major League Baseball. Uh, how we got to how we got to uh, use the Cubs logo in uh, 1982 uh, Dallas Green was uh, president and GM of the Cubs and I wrote a letter to Dallas explaining our little fan club and we like to make a button and all that stuff and we sent him a mock-up of it and uh, about a week later I get a letter back from the Cubs attorneys uh, granting us permission to use the Cubs logo on our button Based it would never happen nowadays. Never happen. No, based on the premise that we can't sell it, we can't market it, we can't do anything with it except give it to our members. And that's how we got to make the Wild Bunch button, and we never have marketed it. If we do, we lose our right to use it. And that would be a crime after all these years. So let us let me ask you, Wayne. So you form this group after someone just yells out, look at this Wild Bunch, and then you guys, oh, that's a great name. How did you guys, I mean, you were, you were obviously the, the first president of the Wild Bunch, correct? Yes. Yeah. So how did you guys take it to the next level? When I say take it to the next level, this was just more than you guys hang out at, in a bar after the game. Yeah, it, it became word of mouth uh, was how it spread. Uh, Governor Jim Thompson was a member of the Wild Bunch because uh, his friend was Mark Jacobs, the button man. And Mark uh, got him into there. Uh, uh, oh Lord, I there's been so many, so many notables. I can't can't remember them all. We've we've had a couple congressmen. We've had one senator. Uh, That's what I'm saying. I when said, I say this is this is the first, I think the first unofficial Cubs club that really was that people knew about, like. We'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, but. and amazing that it was word of mouth. You know, today we think of the internet, and Stu's, right. Stu's got his own club, Club 400, and, you know, that's everybody communicates through the, the Facebook page and the, the website and all that kind of thing. You didn't have that. No, we didn't. It was just word of mouth. In 1984, uh, when the Cubs were hot and they were going into the postseason, uh, you remember the old program, I on Chicago? I don't remember TV that program. Okay. Was I in Chicago? They had they had a they did a segment uh, on Wrigley Field and the Wild Bunch when it went into the postseason. It was just a short short segment on the club. It was five or six minutes, 
but uh, they had intended on doing a a full half hour on the club in 1985. And uh, when the Cubs' hopes went south in 1985, so did their interest in the Wild Bunch. Mm. <laughs> so those, <laughs> those front runners. <laughs> yeah, front runners. Tell us but about... It's, uh, it's, it, it's been a good ride over the years. We have had some times, I'll tell you. I was at Wrigley Field uh, the day the two guys fell from the upper deck. Oh, wow. I... I came came out of the uh, the rampway. I, I'll bet they hadn't been down there five seconds. Really? There hadn't even been a crowd gather. Huh. I was there for the Sandberg game. Uh, his his home runs off a of suitor. Uh, I've had a lot of fun at Wrigley Field. Uh, met a lot of wonderful people over the years. Uh, became friends with a lot of wonderful people. I called Dallas Green a real real friend. Uh, I used to uh, bank there on Clark Street, and sometimes if it was anywhere near lunchtime, I'd stop over at Wrigley Field, and Dallas would always see me, and we'd have a cup of coffee and just chew the fat for a little while. Those were, those were fun times and fun things to do. Uh, I don't know. I've been there, seen a lot of it. Which team of all the teams, you know, when you first started following them, which was the team that sucked you in to being a lifelong Cub fan? Uh, no team really brought me into that situation. Baseball itself, uh, did that to me, uh, after, after I went to my first game, you you were hooked. Hooked. I was, I was hooked one game and I was hooked. You were the result. You become a Cubs fan was the result of a good tip to your girlfriend at that time who became your wife. It's an awesome story. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's the story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I held the uh, uh, my weekend seats, uh, which was in row one, which was in one twelve row one, which is the first row behind the aisle. And uh, I held those seats for a couple years. Then uh, Tribune bought the Cubs, and uh, uh, they 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 came out and said, if you're gonna if you're going to sit between first and third uh, in the lower deck of the first uh, tier behind, then you got to go full season. So uh, Bing Hampton was running the tickets for the Cubs at that time. And I contacted Bing and he says, uh, come on over and I'll show you what we got. And uh, I picked the seats that I wanted back right on that big chart that was in his office. And those are still the same seats I have today. Back then they were six fifty. Today they're one hundred and thirty-two. <laughs> you know, a wow. little bit of difference. A little bit of difference. So I wanted to go back to the, um, you becoming president of the Wild Bench. So you became the leader of, of the club, obviously. Yes. And tell us, like you, you obviously took it to the next level. But tell us what the Wild Bunch, you know, what what it probably what you thought it was going to be and where it ended up are two different things. But tell us about uh, the evolution of what the Wild Bunch, you know, the events and. I, I believe you you couldn't just sign up and join. You had to be voted in. But tell us about that kind of stuff. Well, uh, okay, you we 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 got together after the games, and uh, you'd bring a friend over that hadn't been there before, and uh, you'd sit around and have a couple beers, and you'd joke and uh, tell stories and tales, and uh, somebody would say, "Well, Charlie here 
he's a good Cubs fan. Why we, don't we put him in the club? So everybody would say, fine. No, no, nobody ever really said, no, we don't want him as a him or her as a member of the organization. And as, as I said before, we just word of mouth and, uh, it just grew and grew and grew. Uh, there was no real limitation put on, uh, how many members we could have, uh, as long as, uh, we kept our nose clean and, uh, uh, what what else can I say about it? You well, know? The, when the Wild Bunch was, was in town, man, especially we'll get into these road trips, but I think people knew the Wild Bunch were coming. You know, so tell us about the road trips because honestly, the road well, trips the ro- is, were unbelievable, and that's how I met you guys uh, in a hotel in, in Cincinnati. Road road trips were absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Cincinnati was the destination for us when I was running the organization. Uh, we'd meet at Barney's on. Uh, on a Friday, mo- three-day weekend, three-day road trip. We meet at Bernie's on a Friday morning uh, and uh, leave there about 8 o'clock. Uh, the bus was always fully stocked with uh, uh, refreshments and everything. Uh, Lou Terry uh, was the uh, owner of the old-style franchise that had Wrigley Field at the time. He would always drop 10 or 15 cases of old-style at Bernie's for us to have on the trip. Uh, Otto was the official uh, refreshment man. He saw that we had everything else we needed to drink. Otto, my and, main uh, man, Otto. I love Otto. He was the greatest, wasn't he, Wayne? He was great. He was a great guy. Uh, yeah, he he uh, took over the Wild Bunch when I retired, when I left Chicago, and right. he did a marvelous job with it. Uh, so Otto would see that we had everything else we needed to drink. The minute the bus got to Lakeshore Drive, the bus, the bar opened. <laughs> and the, the the bar was open all the way to Cincinnati. Shout out to Kathy, the bartender. Kathy, Kathy, my niece, was the bartender. That was her responsibility. Sarah Flanagan uh, couldn't touch her, by the way. Pardon? Oh, we had a bus bartender, but uh, Kathy was way better. <laughs> Kathy always took care of, the, of being the bartender on the bus. Uh, when we got to Cincinnati... Uh, we always had a separate hospitality suite where you had an open bar for, my God, almost anything you wanted to drink. We That was all built into the cost of the road trip. Uh, so no, nobody, uh, the, the club didn't pay for it. You paid for it by being on the road trip. And uh, Otto saw that nothing ran out, and we always had what we needed. Uh, after the games uh, in Cincinnati, very frequently, in fact, almost every night you had at least one or two players up there, and some of the coaches would come up and uh, bring your guests and friends. It was uh, the Wild Bunch was in town, and, and, the, and the players knew about it, and they stopped by. And, I mean, managers came up there, players came up there, coaches came up there, you know, the, yep. just to hang out with the Wild Bunch. They 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 all came up, and uh, then. Uh, of course, then we did the game on Saturday, and same situation after the game Saturday night, full house. Remember one night, uh, uh, we're sitting there maybe one thirty-two in the morning, maybe not quite that late, but anyway, somewhere after midnight. And who comes down the hall but Harry Carey? Harry had his room, was on the same floor as our hospitality suite. Oh, boy. He was at a different end of the hall, but here comes Harry. And... Uh, Harry sticks his head in the door and everybody, come on, Harry, come on in, come on in, have a beer. Oh, no, I can't do it, guys. I got to 
Got to get up and get back there in the morning. Have a good time. Goodbye. Next morning, <laughs> we're sitting there. Not that we didn't crash out and go to sleep and everything, but we were sitting there having Bloody Marys in the morning. And who comes down the hall but Harry Carey? He, he looks at the door and he says, my God, you people are still at it. <laughs> on on the air, that, then he told that story on the air that day about uh, about going to his room and here's a wild bunch partying and uh, – when he came to work in the morning, they hadn't stopped. He told that story. <laughs> Your stock went up after that, I bet. <laughs> yeah. The legend. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, another another year, uh, yeah. uh, as I said earlier, Lou Terry uh, from Old Style used to provide us with uh, libations for the for the trip. And this one year, we uh, had about had the beer stacked just inside the door to the hospitality room because there was a little alcove there. And uh, that year, uh, Old Style had a Cubs Memorial beer can. And this gentleman and a lady are walking down the hallway, and they looked, just kind of looked into the room. And uh, she looked, and she says, my God, Cubs beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I was going to say, I, was, we, I actually brought my friends on a road trip one year, and they got on the bus, and they looked at me. You got to remember, we're like our 18, 19 years old, you know. They're like, what are, you, what are you doing? You know, it's for older people and stuff. I'm like, these people party. You watch out, guys. And, and like 10 minutes later, man, they're like, holy shit, you're right. I mean, and they still tell that story today when they got on the bus with Your the wild bunch. Your friends are probably all passed out on the floor. Oh, man. It was, they still talk about that trip as being one of the best trips ever. And they're like, Kathy poured me a drink. It was a strong one. And uh, But, yeah, we still talk about the, the road trips because that's the cool thing about the wild bunch. You know, it was a club, obviously. But in my opinion, like all the members, they cared about each other. They, they all had their own unique personality. And it was kind of like everyone had a nickname, you know. It was it was a a family with it was a fa- it was a traveling family that like the party basically, you know. And there's yeah, like- and we we uh, usually had something special going every year. We tried to get a group picture and uh, pass them out after get everybody a copy. But one year, uh, Greg Rockenbach, who uh, was part of Rockenbach Chevrolet up north there, yeah, good Greg old Greg. Got, I was gonna got, give him a shout out. You did, thank you. Greg got Greg got t-shirts made up that says. If you ain't a Cub fan, you ain't shit. <laughs> now, Greg Rockenbach came to Club 400 because he bid on a, a frame jersey, and he dropped me off the original, if you ain't a Cub fan, you ain't shit, prototype before it was made into the, so the font was changed, but this was the original prototype. Wow. Yeah, I have it. I'm going to hang it in Club 400. I, I mean, because it's classic. Then, if you ain't a Cub fan, then, you ain't shit. I love it. Then one, one year, uh, somebody, I uh, can't remember who, in fact, I think Stu, you might have been involved in this. The Terry uh, Wood T-shirts. Oh yeah, the We Got Wood T-shirts. Yep. Oh, we've heard the story. Stu was in jail <laughs> over that shirt. Podcast coming soon. Yeah. He was that, more than just it, involved. It, oh my goodness. It had Terry uh, Wood in the front, Terry uh, Wood on, on the back, and a big K in the front. And we were we were in Cincinnati, and every time. Uh, we had all the all the K shirts in one in one aisle, and starting at the end, every time Carrie struck out somebody, the individual wearing the shirt would get up, take his shirt off, turn it around so the K was on the back instead of the front, so you could see it from the audience. That's awesome. The yeah. women too, yeah. or just the guys? <laughs> just the guys. Okay. Just the guys. All right. All right. 
Well, the replay at twelve o'clock. The girls, you know, did that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, we're going to talk about that story down the line. The we got wood story, which is something I've been waiting to do for a long time. But, but Wayne, yeah, let's talk about some of the the, the people in the wild bunch. Like you mentioned, uh, Greg Rockenbach. You know, we mentioned Otto, who was uh, just a special person, and uh, uh, there's just so many. Good- Gladys Nunley. Oh my gosh, what is one unbelievable Greg. woman, huh? Yeah, Gladys. Gladys passed on a, a year ago. There's not a lot of the original fifteen left. No, uh, there's fifteen originals. Gotcha. That that was the original group. I think uh, Mary Eggert is still uh, still around. Uh, of course, I'm still here. Uh, I can't think of anybody else from that original fifteen that's still alive. When I sit right down here and try to think about it, yeah, Ron Swan- Swanson's gone, Donnie's gone, uh, Halvey's gone. No, not. I think that's about it. Mary Eggert and myself gotcha. probably be yeah. it. What? Yeah. How I about mean, how about Dorothy Farrell? Dorothy Farrell. Yes, she was. Dorothy was was part of the early group, but she was not one of the fifteen. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, she came into the group with a lady named Halvey O'Connell. Uh, Halvey's seat was originally the seat where Dorothy now. Halvey had that seat. And when she passed on, uh, oh, a long time ago, when she passed on, uh, her daughter uh, let Dorothy have the seat. Yep. Dorothy's seat was a couple seats away, I believe. Yep, she's... Uh... I think she was in uh, one, uh, no, two, uh, one, no, 20, section 36, Dorothy was in. Section 36, row one is where she sat, seats. Now I think they moved it with the seating change to 32. But but good old Dorothy, we love her. We got to get her on the podcast. Think about her often. Just like I said, a lot of great guys, Nibs and all those guys playing poker. A lot of, you know, I, I let me tell you how I met the Wild Bunch and how these guys affected me. Basically, you know, my mom used to take uh, me and Eric on road trips. And well, your your mom your mom was treasurer for yeah, a couple well, years. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. She tr- how do you think we built Club Four Hundred? We found the money outside the wild bunch to for Club Four Hundred. That's how it happened. That's the secret story. <laughs> yeah, but no, she hey, was it's second- out there now, man. I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> secrets. But uh, no, she, my mom was secretary for about five six years. She got involved. You know, she just loved it. We all loved it. It was uh, we looked forward to that yearly uh, road trip. That you know, it's something that we. Once they, once you guys announced it, you know, it was definitely circled on the calendar, and we weren't going to move it, you know. So, uh, but yeah, just so many great memories with so many great people, so many great Cub fans that you know that are still friends today. Now, like you said, uh, eventually you got smart, you moved out of Illinois into Arizona. Otto took over, and I, I know you're. I heard you're still working. Is that is that true? Still working? Yeah, I got a part time job. I have to pay my bar bill. Ah, you know. exactly. <laughs> I know. I was like, I saw, I saw Wayne. Uh, I always, Wayne, you sit right behind. Well, basically, third base side, right behind home plate uh, at spring training. Uh, you have season I tickets spring right there. Training, yep. Spring training. I'm at row three behind home plate on the aisle. If you find Wayne, we'll ha- we'll post a picture of him. He always carries wild bunch pins. You're gonna want to grab one from him because they are collectors' items. You know. Right. They uh they send me uh fifty of them to play with every spring training. And that's pretty so I have cool. a good time with them. Oh yeah. I've, uh, I have to reserve five uh for Tom Ricketts. 
he gets them for his for his brood. Nice. I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah. And I've met the people from uh, Sloan, which is of course Sloan Park out here. And uh, they are some of the nicest, most courteous people you'd ever want to meet in your life. They are wonderful people, and uh, their hospitality is is unbelievable. And they take good care of me at spring training. So I'm very proud of that. So, I I mean, I would not be doing my job today, you know. Wild bunch, you know. I want to hear, like, when I say, Wayne, you've seen it all. You've been on all the trips. Tell me like two crazy. Tell, tell me two wild, wild bunch stories. Some cla- some classics. Tell her what? Two classic wild bunch stories. Two classic wild bunch stories. Yeah. I mean, maybe Good like p- party stories. You know, like I mean, you just... p- party stories. Ah, oh, good lord. Well. I mean, how about maybe um, I'll, I'll throw one in there, which no disrespect because I think it's great. But uh, when we had the wheel auto out in a wheelchair a few times from partying too hard because you know that was the only way we were going to get him out of the stadium. <laughs> and Gladys, you know, I, I remember walking Gladys in and out. She's such a sweetheart. But yeah, as far as some crazy, crazy stories, because there was a lot of them that you can remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Gladys was a, was a piece of art. She uh, uh, she had a I've never seen it, but she had she had a uh, her 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 bedroom was Cubs decorated, and the bed was a round bed in the shape of a baseball with a baseball coverlet. They uh, they showed that on uh, I in Chicago. Uh, she. Uh, she had been up to 19, uh, sometime in the mid sixties. She had been to every ballpark in the country on vacation. Uh, of course, uh, a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of new ones that have been built since then, but up to that point, she had been to every baseball stadium in the country. And, and uh, she was very, very proud of that fact. That's uh, that's quite an accomplishment when you think about it. That's crazy. It's yeah. unbelievable. I was going to ask you, you know, not you've been, you know, I don't you still go to wild bunch events once in a while, I think. But uh what I mean overall when you look back in your life, uh, what did the wild bunch mean to you? What did it mean to me? Yeah. Some of the best friends a man could ever have. And I think that would probably cover it. What do you, how do you feel about the legacy that it's still going on even after, you know, you got out of it? And I think that is an amazing legacy. The fact that the, the club was, was, and is good enough to have continued, uh, under various other, uh, presidents that, uh, they didn't let the thing fall apart. Uh, they, they kept it up, kept it going and it's still going. And I got to tell you, I've been a, a part of Club 400 for the past few years. And last year we went on our first road trip. It was to uh, Cincinnati as well. And Stu got up and gave a speech when the, the trip was starting about how this was based on and modeled after the Wild Bunch road trips and how much it meant to him and all that kind of thing. And then that was the last serious moment from Stu that whole weekend. But 
sure. you know, quite an honor, I think, that it's it's still living on the legacy in uh, other groups as well. There'll never be another Wild Bunch ever again. I mean, there that was it, man. Wayne, you started it. You're the first president, and it's such an honor to have you on uh, this evening. We appreciate it. Uh, and I'm glad you're doing well and uh, still working to make that beer money. That's what it's all about. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you uh, in Sloan in uh, this coming March. Well, I'm just I'm I'm just proud that I have a legacy that uh, people still remember me and remember the Wild Bunch. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks, Wayne. I appreciate it, buddy. Club 400, the podcast, welcomes the current president of the Wild Bunch, Steve Grunt. Steve, how you doing today? And welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Stuart. I'm doing uh, especially well today, even though it's kind of uh, cloudy and rainy outside. The uh, Cubs had a, a brilliant come-from-behind game today, which uh, I haven't seen in a couple weeks. And uh, the Javier Baez three-run dinger in the uh, eighth inning made it a spectacular weekend and a great day. It sure did. A uh, great win to, uh, on a Sunday. So, yeah, we want to talk about um, – how you became a Cubs fan, Steve, it's a current question we ask on this, uh, and your passion for the team, and how you eventually became the third Wild Bunch president, and what's going on with the Wild Bunch nowadays? Okay, um, I've been, you know, I've literally been a Cub fan all my life. I was born in 1958. I, um, I grew up watching the Cubs with my grandparents and my parents on uh, WGN, um, I've loved them since I can remember, since I was three, four years old. Um, I used to go ride my uh, bike down to uh, Wrigley Field on the day of the game. My dad happened to be a fireman across the street at the firehouse, and he used to walk me and my buddy over across the street, talk to an Andy Frayne, and the Andy Frayne would let us slip through the slip through the door, and uh, we got to see a lot of good games back in the mid '60s. And I've I've never I've never faltered. With my love for the Cubs, I've never given up on them. Um, I watch as many games as I can. If I'm not near a TV, it's always on the radio. Um, it's been like that all my life. Um, I, I became part of the Wild Bunch probably in the early 90s when I met the, uh, the then current president, Otto Wagi, at a, a drinking establishment. And uh, got to talk to him and got to know him, found out he was a season ticket holder and he was interested in uh, selling a couple of days a week uh, worth of tickets. Wait, you met so, Otto in a drinking establishment? Is that No way. Yes. Can you believe it? Yes. And as it turned out, as, as Otto and I got to know each other a little bit better, we found out that his Otto's meat market butcher shop was located about three blocks from where I grew up and uh, I remember my mother giving me five bucks sometimes to have me ride my bike to go to Otto's Meat Market to pick up a box of hamburger patties for a party we were having. So I've actually known Otto since probably 1963-64. So long story short, we got reacquainted back in 1991. Uh, he sold me and a couple of buddies of mine his Tuesday and Thursday uh, Cubs season tickets. And uh, for all the years after that, uh, we would purchase them from Otto. Um, then he told me about the Wild Bunch, and before you knew it, I was going to meetings. I signed up. I became a member probably in 92 or 93, and he decided to hang it up in 2001. 2000-2001, he asked me if I wanted to take over. I said, sure, thinking that it would be a maybe a two- or three-year fun thing to do, and lo and behold, here we are, 2019, and I'm still 
still doing it. The, I always, the longest tenured president of the Wild Bunch. Well, <laughs> and it, sometimes it feels that way depending <laughs> on how the season's going. But I always, you know, after I was doing it for a couple of years, I thought, you know what? This is this would be so cool if I could be the president of this organization when we finally win the World Series. Then I'd be able to hang up my hat, turn the reins over to somebody else, and I can go out, you know, on a high note. Well, 2016 came and went, and I'm still, you know, president, which is fine. I love it. I love the people. Um, it's a fun organization. And, um, you know, the, the one thing we all have in common is our, our love for the Cubs. You know, we come from different backgrounds, different ages, um, different living situations. But the one thing we have in common is our, our love for the ball club. And, you know, what we were talking about that earlier, um, that it's like a family. It's like a family within a family. Every You know, you get to know these people in the club, and, you know, you look forward to the next event. It's just hanging out with them, you know. And, exactly. And that's the greatest part. It's a family. It's like any any group that unites. Like, you know, Wild Bunch is a special group of people. It always has been. It's, all, you know, been near and dear to my heart. But it's because of the, it's because of the people at the end of the yes. day, you know. Yes. Otto, Otto was a tremendous ambassador for the club when he was president. And uh, what the stuff he would have to do behind the scenes to keep the, the club going and organization for the parties and the get-togethers and especially the long road trips, he would be so hands-on. It was just amazing. It just boggled my mind. And you could give him a random name of anybody in the club, and off the top of his head he would tell you their address, when they joined, you know, who they got to join with them, you know, just, just minutiae about everybody in the club. It was really it was really amazing thing to see. How many members see, uh, how many members are there in the club today? Uh, right now we, we currently have a mailing list of about hundred and sixty five people, but a lot of those are couples, so I would say we're probably around two fifty between two fifty and two seventy five members. Wow. All over the country. And then uh, your meeting spot, it used to be at the Tracks Bar, correct, in Morton Grove? Was that Tracks? Was it Tracks? Yeah, it used to be. It was called uh, Trackside. It was right next to the uh, Metro metro Station. And Trackside, unfortunately, closed. <coughs> that was one of our locations. And then um, uh, currently we have our, our early season party and our postseason party at the Morton Grove Moose Lodge, which is a couple of blocks away from the Trackside there. We have quite a few members of the Moose Lodge that are also members of the Wild Bunch, so they, they treat us very nicely there. They're very accommodating of let us use their kitchen and um, supply a bartender for us, things like that. They remodeled their um, meeting room with big screen TVs, so we all, have a, we all have a very nice time in the spring and the fall. And then uh, our midsummer barbecue, we've been having it at the Gladstone Lounge up uh, on the northwest side of uh, Chicago on Milwaukee Avenue near Milwaukee and Foster, and uh, they host our barbecue for us with the uh, open bar, and they provide the grills, um, set up the, the the bar for our food tables and raffle area. So they're very nice to us too, and quite a few patrons of that bar belong to the Wild Bunch as well. So, yeah, and I've been to the preseason and post party. Steve always puts on a heck of an event. Uh, they always have raffles going on. They always uh, center center around a ball game going on, and it's yes. it's just a great time with a, a lot of great people. For our listeners out there, um, mm-hmm. if they want to join the Wild Bunch, what's the best and easiest way to go about that? Uh, the best way is to if they if they want to uh, send me an email with their information, I'd be happy to. Resp- 
respond to it uh, right away and give them the information on where, where to send their $15 dues um, so I can send out a, a Wild Bunch button and a membership card. Uh, my email address is spelled G-R-U-N-D-T at A-T-T dot net. So, um, yeah, just in, in the subject line, just put Wild Bunch uh, question or, or whatever or interest and I'll be happy to respond to you and get back to you. And then you, you, have a, you guys send out approximately, what, four newsletters a year, right? And yeah, I do four newsletters a year uh, every season. Um, I was just, I was just um, going to mention that I just wrapped up putting together the summer newsletter, which is going to hit the mail tomorrow, and that just has information on our upcoming midsummer barbecue and our um, – uh, up and back trip to Milwaukee to see the Brewers on September 8th with information on that on how to how people can go about um, getting tickets with other information in it. So just to give people a flavor of the mix of the different people that are are in in the group, um, do you have a kind of a combination of people who've been in there for a real long time and maybe some newer younger fans as well or? Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. We have a lot of uh, old-timers, uh, you know, people people probably close to 80 that have been members for quite a long time. We also have uh, a bunch of relatively new people that are probably in their late 20s, maybe early 30s, um, who have heard about the club through either Wayne Hall in Arizona or uh, from a, you know, a current member now. They might have bumped into them with with one of them wearing their Wild Bunch pin and got, got an explanation of what we're all about, and they expressed interest and showed up at our parties and signed up. So I would say it probably skews a little bit more towards the older crowd, like the over, over 55, 60, die, the true diehards, along with uh, some, uh, some fresh new faces coming into the club that you know discovered the Cubs more recently than uh, the old-timers. Which is great for the legacy of the club because, you know, that'll help ensure that it continues on and on, which I'm sure all you guys yes. are hoping is the case. So that's that's great news. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other I – I just wanted to say one more thing. Um, in addition to our, you know, getting together for parties and, and watching the Cubs games and talking about the Cubs and going up to Milwaukee, we also try to, uh, at the end of the year when we figure out our finances and what's in our bank – we always take a vote of the members that are at the last party, and we try to um, figure out four different charities we could send uh, money to to help them out. And uh, most of the time, it's you know American Cancer Society, American Heart Association, but we always put a couple of um, Cubs uh, charities in there too, either Cubs Care or the Anthony Rizzo Foundation, just to help them out, just to just so they know we're out there, we're supporting them as little as, as, as much as we can with this little bit of money that we do um, end up with at the end of the year. And current memberships are how much right now? It's $15 a year. That basically covers the, the cost of the postage for the four mailings, um, uh, the, the brand-new buttons we get in every year with the Wild Bunch. Which are, uh, oh, those buttons are collectibles. I mean, yes, they, they, re- they really have became collectibles. Uh, yes, they have been. The, 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 the design never really changes. We nope. just update it with the new year. And then we always, um, starting with uh, 2015, we started putting um, the previous year's uh, good news on the button itself, like, um, you know, either wild card winner or NL uh, champion or, you know, in 2016, 
2016 world champions, which is very cool. And that's, is, that's a button to have if you're a Wild Bunch that's member. A button to have, yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the membership cards we send out to you, too, so you can impress all your friends with your official Wild Bunch membership card. And, and Stu has um, his proudly displayed at Club 400. Oh yeah, he's it's got its own uh, its own shelf and case. <laughs> it's and in glass. the case. Yep, it's in the case. Very good. Good. Well, if you need some more, you give me a call. Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely, Steve. I want to ask you before we let you go. Uh, sure. When Otto asked you to become president, um, many years ago, um, you probably didn't realize how much it was going to alter your life. In one way or another, what's the the greatest thing that's come out of the Wild Bunch for you? Um, I I honestly remember all the different weekend trips we were able to afford. They've become very pricey now, and so we're very limited with long trips we can take to Cincinnati and St. Louis. But every year, when it was more reasonable, I'll never forget. You know, the three day trips to Cincinnati, going to three games, and having a hospitality suite at the hotel and being able to drink with um, the other members that went on the trip, you know, going to St. Louis, we've been to Pittsburgh, we've been to Tampa Bay, um, <clears throat> uh, Milwaukee for a long weekend series. It's just the friendships. You get to know these people when you're stuck on a bus with them, you know, for eight hours and um, partying with them and talking about the Cubs and just, just wall-to-wall Cubs for the whole weekend. It's just so much fun. And um, the thing that kills me about the Wild Bunch is because we do have so many older members, um, eventually they're, they're, they're dying off slowly but surely. But the only thing I can take away from that now currently is that at least they got to live to see the World Series. They got to, they got to experience it, which many people that have been in the Wild Bunch and, you know, basically everybody um, – Never had a chance to experience that. So, right. the people that are people that are leaving us now, at least they got to see the the world championship season. Yeah, Wayne said out of the original fourteen, I, uh, only two are still alive. Uh, yeah, the out of the first, you know, all the originators group. So, but Steve, I'll tell you what. Thanks for your time tonight. We appreciate it. Uh, hey, if you're listening to the Club Four Hundred podcast, there's no reason why you guys shouldn't sign up for the Wild Bunch. It's a great group of people. Steve does a heck of a job running it, and you'll be part of an organization that's not like any other. I promise you that. Steeped in history and still going strong. And, Steve, you have a road trip coming up this year also, right? A, a, a smaller one with stadium events, our good friend Todd. Yes, our good friend Todd is uh, doing this for the third time for us. Everybody, every, every time we've done it in the past, everybody says what a great value it is. They, they wouldn't do it any other way, and they always – want to do more um you know so we're, we decided on uh <clears throat> we're getting 45 tickets this year last year we only ordered 40 but um it looks like we're going to be able to sell out this year for um yep. the milwaukee trip and i will so, see you yeah. down there at the tailgate and so will william we'll be out there it's the day after my birthday for sure we'll be out there september 8th in milwaukee and that game no matter what it's going to mean something it's going to mean something it, it is going to mean something the uh Every every series, every game with Milwaukee from here on out is going to have a bearing on the um, on the standings one way or the other, and it's going to be fun. And I think we're going to be okay. I, I agree. We'll be fine. We'll be uh, hoisting the pennant again at Wrigley Field, no doubt about it. Not like last year's ending. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks a lot for being on the show, the Wild Bunch. Obviously. 
for both of us. It's something that means a lot to us. And I'm going to be sending my money in tomorrow. Yeah, you got to. Great. I want to be a part of this, and uh, I'm, I'm ready for any hazing that comes with that as a new guy. <laughs> okay. Well, you could probably outlast half the people that'll be hazing you, but uh, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> Thanks right. a lot, Steve. Thanks. Have a good one. You right. too, guys. Thanks, Thanks very much. All week, not a five for my money. So on the weekend comes, I go get live with the honey. Rolling down the street, I saw this girl when she was pumping. I winked my eyes, got into the ride, went to a club, was jumping. Introduced myself as low, she said, You're a liar. I said, I got it going on, baby doll, and I'm a fire. Took it to the hotel. She said, you're the king, so be my queen, if you know what I mean, and let's do the wild thing. Wild.